Hello and welcome to Backstage With, a new series of podcasts where I, Kiara Lari, take you on a journey discovering backstage roles in theater. Today I'm joined by a new and exciting guest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Hi, I'm Chippy. I'm Deputy Head of the Masks and Puppets Department at The Lion King here at the Lyceum Theatre. So here at the podcast, we like to ask each of our guests to bring in a mystery object. Today, I'm looking at something extremely exciting, which is definitely like another mystery guest per se. Why don't you let our listeners know what I'm looking at? Uh, I've brought along the Zazu puppet. This is a puppet that is held by an actor who plays the character of Zazu, but the two of them work simultaneously. This is my favorite puppet visually and probably my favorite puppet to work on. It's a hornbill bird. It's kind of mostly white with orange feathers. It's made up of individual hand cut out feathers from parachute silk and it's hand painted. The head is made of carbon fiber, which is really nice and light, but really strong. Um, the, there's elements on it that are 3D printed, which is kind of a new thing that we've been doing the last couple of years here. There's a few natural materials on there, there's some leather, there's some actual feathers, and then it's all strung together, so it's like quite a traditional, not like a marionette, but quite a traditional puppet. And the whole bird is covered in like really small feathers, and each of those are hand cut out and hand painted and then stuck on. And we've got the wings, which are made of a sort of material kind of similar to parachute silk. It's relatively simple, but all the things have to come together to make it work perfectly. It looks so awesome like I have no other word for it you described it so well as well I think I, people can really envision it. it's an amazing super cool colorful bird and all those different materials I would have never said looking at it that it was made out of all those specific things as well now you mentioned you brought something else in today why don't you reveal what that second object is the other thing I brought in is maybe slightly less interesting but it re represents the other half of our job which is about being around during the show to fix anything that breaks during the show that we only have a few minutes to fix it so I wear a tool belt and it's got kind of most of the tools that I think I'm most likely to need during the show so I've got lots of tape and cable ties and scissors and pliers and allen keys and a torch and a radio so that people can radio me saying the Zazu's broken you have to come and fix it so do you guys, just a quick question off of that, do you ever do any of the operating of the, the puppets or, or masters at all the actors doing that? No, I think often when I tell people I work in the puppet department and they think I'm a puppet, like I operate the puppets, but we don't do any of that. We're just in charge of making them, maintaining them, keeping them looking fresh and good, but it's all the actors that use the puppets. See, I thought that might have been a silly question, but that's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, okay, so they, they hold the puppets in the show, but obviously it's also the, the actors doing that. So it's really interesting. So if you could describe what you have to do to someone who has no idea, but the puppet and mask department does, how would you explain it? Well, as I said, our job is kind of in two sections. We have the sort of day-to-day -day work, which is coming in in the mornings when no one else is really in the building and fixing anything that broke the night before, repainting things that might be looking a bit tired, remaking things from scratch that we'll then later put into the show. We also kind of keep track of when cast members are on holiday because each each cast member has their own personalised puppet. So if they're away for a week, we know that we've got a whole week that we can repaint them, fix any breaks, do some more kind of long-term work. The other aspect of our job is that 
one person from our team has to be there during the show to make sure that nothing breaks well things will break during the show but to make sure that they can fix them and get them back on stage that's kind of a, a bit more of a stressful side of our work because you'll often have something breaking and have 30 seconds to fix it before they've got to go back on and then it'll be the person who comes in the next day that will maybe look at the sort of temporary fix that you did from the night before and do a more thorough job when they've got the time oh interesting so it is really hands-on as a job then Yeah, it's, it's very, very hands-on. It's a really good job if you enjoy kind of working with lots of different materials, working in a team and having to kind of be a quick thinker. How did you, so how did you get into this job then? Where did you start from? I'd always enjoyed studying art, even kind of primary school, secondary school, and then on to A-level and then on to um, a foundation degree. I later did a BA in technical arts and special effects, which was turned out to be really relevant to this course and I had no idea at the time when I applied. It's actually coincidentally the same course that my boss hit did. Um, I'd say that degree was a really good platform for this job because we did whole modules in sculpting, painting, life drawing, casting, moulding and these are all skills that I use all the time here. But if you don't feel like you have access to a degree there's definitely smaller courses you can do just on specific things and I still quite often look at YouTube tutorials just to get an idea of how to maybe do something if I've never done it before or if I'm using a material I've never come across that can be really handy and all of those things will end up you know if you do all of that kind of stuff in your own time you'll end up with a really nice full portfolio of diverse work which is something we would look for if we were interviewing someone because we don't always take people who have had exactly that degree you know we might previously we've taken people on who have a fine art degree in painting and that was their main specialism but they've learned on the job all the other things so we're kind of looking for people to have you know a, a good basis but we are prepared to teach people once they start so then how would someone interested in going into this field go about getting there i think it's very important not to be afraid to contact departments you think you might be interested in working in Because we, we get all sorts of requests for people to come in and do work experience or to come and have a look around, and we always try and facilitate that. I personally had gone and done a tour around the Royal Opera House and the National Theatre just to sort of see what kind of jobs there were. Because I think a lot of the issues with theatre is that people don't even realise these jobs exist, and I certainly didn't. And it was only when I was in the last year of my degree that I realised that this was a possible avenue I could have gone down. Um, so yeah, I would say don't be afraid to sort of phone up phone up um, theatres and ask if there's any way that you could come and have a look around. Um, try and get work experience because it's really useful to just come and do like a week's work somewhere like this and then people know who you are and if you ever, you know, contact them in the future they'll have a reference for you. It's also important to try and make sure you have like a wide range of skills because jobs like this you sort of need to be quite good at everything. So I would always recommend people to do courses where they can, like you could look into doing courses in sewing or courses in sculpting, painting, life drawing, and all of these things will look so good if you come to have an interview to have all of this in your portfolio. I mean, and if that seems kind of a bit expensive or hard to access, you can always just set yourself projects at home, look at internet videos, like tutorials, and just experiment with different materials and different processes. That's really interesting. It sounds like it's like a, a combination of loads of different mini art forms coming in together. Is that how you would maybe describe it? Yeah, I would actually say, I mean, th that's why I feel like the job is quite good for me because I've never been a specialist in one thing. Like I was never really into painting or drawing or sewing specifically, but I kind of liked everything. And I think if you want to do this kind of work, it's really important to be an all-rounder. 
Really good. So another question. How does your department work together with the other departments here, for example, at the Lion King, to make sure that everything goes well planned, all the puppets are in the right place, and you know nothing's disappearing, and the show's running as smoothly and as perfectly as it does every single night? That's actually a really big part of our job because we're up on the top floor of the building and we're next to wardrobe and makeup, and they're the two departments that we probably have to work the most with, along with stage management. Stage management. We've all got to communicate constantly to make sure that if there's rehearsals, they've got all the elements they need from us and wardrobe. We all need to make sure that when we're putting a costume together, that the, the masks and the costumes sort of work together to kind of produce one overall piece. And again, same with the wigs and the makeup. So we're constantly in and out of wardrobe saying, is this paint, you know, am I matching the paint right with the color of the makeup? Am I getting the costume right with the color of this mask? Even though it's a sort of theater show and often people are sitting quite far away, the attention to detail is really high and we always will have to you know, be constantly matching the costumes against the puppets and changing things and keeping an eye on everything being consistent. It's interesting seeing how much of a focus and attention you guys have on the aesthetics of the show, which is something that maybe sometimes can get overlooked, but when you really look at it, the detail, that's how a show can stay running for 20 years, for example, and it still be magical and there's two people wanting to go see it because you're, every single department's working together and you're working to make sure that, like, literally to the, la the last straw, everything is so precisely done. And that then goes to say that something so little is much bigger than, than what it might seem, which is, I think, it's like, it's a big thing. It's like the value of, like, the job and everything. So I think it's like, it's nice to, like, do your part and feel like you're making a huge impact as well, especially for Lion King. Um, Another question to ask you, how did you get your first job into this field and then how did you get to specifically The Lion King? I've kind of always worked pretty much throughout school and GCSEs and sec you know, A-levels and everything. I haven't always worked in this field. I'd say my first job I probably got that was very similar to this was I was working in a small company that was like a prop, um, a prop shop, I guess. So I did um, like making little models and props and no puppets but for usually music videos and adverts and films and that kind of stuff. Before working at Lion King, I'd probably just done a, a couple of films, but lots of, lots of other jobs that weren't really related. I think sometimes with this industry, which can be a bit frustrating, it's you have to sort of make the most of making contacts with people. So I met a couple of people at uni, some like guest tutors and stuff, and you have to just be persistent. I emailed this guy being like, you know, if there's ever any work coming up that's related, please let me know. And it's kind of embarrassing and a bit scary, but that's the best way to get into it, really. What would you say is the best thing about your job? Um, there's lots of things I really like about this job. I think one of the big things is I have a really nice team. There's only five of us, which is quite nice, and it's nice and small, and we all get on really well. In the building, I'd say our job is one of the most diverse, because there's over 200 puppets. You very rarely do the same thing twice, and you very rarely do the same thing over and over again. During the show, anything could break, so it's constantly, you're constantly being faced with new challenges, new problems to solve, which keeps it quite exciting. It sometimes can be hard, but I think it's important to have lots of diversity in your job to keep it interesting. And another thing I really like about it is, aside from the stressful show work, we also get to focus on longer projects, which I really enjoy. So sometimes I'll have like a month to be able to make a brand new Mufasa mask, and I'll start from the very beginning, take a mask back to the raw carbon base, repaint the whole thing, make all the individual feathers and prongs and all the sort of finer detail. And it's really nice to have the time to be able to do that and then know that it's gonna get put in the show and be this like really vibrant, fresh new thing that's gonna make the show keep looking 
good. It must, be, it must feel so rewarding to know that you're the person that literally made made that mask or that puppet from scratch. Like It's like creating a, like a little bit of life, I guess, that adds to the show. I think it's quite nice. Occasionally, w- one of the tracks that we do, we get to stand at the back of the audience for the first couple of scenes. And I do really enjoy looking around the audience and seeing people laughing and sometimes crying and everyone really enjoying Circle of Life. And it is nice to sort of look across the scene and think, oh, I did that, I did that. It's quite a rewarding job when you get to see firsthand, like people experiencing it. Tell me a little bit more about a day in the life working in the puppets and masks department. How does it start? What are your job roles? The, the, the real details of it. Well, as I said, there's five people in our team. Um, and there's four of us who are connected to the show. So what usually happens is two people do an early shift, which is half nine in the morning until half past six at night, and two other people do half one in the afternoon to half ten after the show finishes. So, for example, if I was starting at half past nine, I would come in, there's not many people in the building at this point, and I would go around and I'd check all the puppets that were used in the show the night before. At this point, we're sort of checking to see if anything's broken from the show that people haven't told us about, because... It's surprising, sometimes someone who's using the puppet might not be aware that the whole nose has fallen off or the jaw's broken or something like that. So I'll go do all the checks, usually check about 50 or so puppets, and then anything that's broken, I'll bring it upstairs and I know I've got the whole day until the show starts to completely work on that and make sure it's ready for the evening. When the other people come in at 1.30, they can sort of jump in and help you if you're struggling. The people that start at us 1, they're kind of coming in, as I said, helping you if you've got notes left, but they're staying to do the evening show. So two of them will be down in the stage wings, as I said, with the tool belt, waiting in case anything happens. So puppets, like huge, I'm imagining it's a, it's a very big, broad category. So how many puppets are there? How many different types of puppets? Also, like, how do they actually work? So I think there's approximately 230 puppets in the show. They're all very, very different. Some of them, I suppose technically you wouldn't describe as a puppet, they're more of a mask. So they have like no operation, they're just worn almost a bit like a hat. Um, and then there's ones like Zazu here, which is much more intricate. Probably the most sort of mechanical ones are probably Zazu Timon, who is a meerkat. And we also have mechanical masks for Scar and Mufasa, so they have a sort of electronic element in them, which the actor operates. We've also got the hyenas, which are kind of they're quite a full-on puppet for the for the actors to wear because it involves a harness that they wear over their shoulders and they've got to bend down in a sort of animalistic crouch position to use some legs. They've also got to operate the mouths. It's hard to describe all the puppets because they're all so different, but um, you'll have to come and see the show and then you'll see them all. <laughs> That's interesting because they're all so just u- uniquely made and it's seeing how they work together either as like a standalone mask or even literally moving and almost being a, a living thing you know that looks as if it is a living thing and I guess that's part of making the show look as magical as it does but you also mentioned that you had like moving and electronic masks and you did also mention that you used some 3d printing when making um for example the Zazu here how is it changing I guess the, what is the future of puppetry is essentially what I'm asking I think this show is quite unique in the sense that they're is the original blueprints from the first ever show and th- there's a whole group of people who go around across the word world checking that every show is the same and they want us to keep it visually exactly how it was at the beginning which is actually it's quite a challenge and it's I, th- I think it's a really nice challenge because we have a standard that we have to hit and that's like something that can't change but 
as technology kind of progresses, we can change things that don't affect the aesthetics of the show. So obviously, we're coming up to being 20 years old now, and the the technology behind the uh, mechanical masks has kind of advanced in the last 20 years, so we've updated that. And it hasn't affected the visual of the show at all, but it's made it much easier for the actors to operate, it's made things lighter, it's made things work more efficiently and break less. That's kind of the same with the 3D printing. We've kind of cut lots of jobs that maybe would have taken hours of someone hand carving something out of um, a piece of nylon, and now we can you know, print as many as we want. So what kind of skills do you think you need to work within this uh, field? At the Lion King specifically, I'd say, well, in our department, you need a wide range of skills in terms of practical work. So, you know, we need people to be able to be reasonably good at painting, sewing, sculpting, fabrication, kind of it's useful to have some basic metal work, a sort of understanding of some electronics. So kind of a, a lot of things. I mean, obviously not everyone who starts has all those skills and there is a huge scope for people to learn on the job. I would really say when I started, it took me about a year to kind of have an understanding of all the puppets and how they worked and probably two years to feel actually confident that I could fix most things. And I've been here for seven years now and I still sometimes stuff comes up that I have no idea how to fix. Other skills I think you need is obviously being able to work in a team and being able to communicate with everyone well. Like we've got to work with all these other departments, we've got to work with stage management. Another huge part of our job is organizing, well, facilitating rehearsals, getting puppets to different studios, working with the actors if they have problems and how to use the puppets. That's actually a big part of the job that I didn't even really think about before I started, like how, how much contact you have with the actors and how you have to sort of take on board the notes they're giving you, understand what it is they want you to fix keep communicating with people to try and get things exactly how they want them. Because I always feel like if the actors are not happy with the puppet, then it will probably show in the performance. And, you know, it's good to just keep everyone happy. So there's loads of different elements to the job, but I think what's important to focus on is our, our main goal is always to make the show look as good as possible. So however busy it is or whatever rehearsals are going on, we always try and focus on every performance being as good as it can be and every puppet looking as fresh and vibrant as it can be. So from what you've been saying, it seems that there are so many different types of puppets. I mean, 230 is so many. Where, what makes it different? Or, you know, when does a puppet stop being a puppet and when does it become a mask or when does it, does it become a prop, for example? I think in this show, that's a particularly gray area because we've got the puppet department, the props department, stage management and wardrobe and makeup to a point that all are kind of involved in things that maybe would be described as a puppet. So... So we sort of have our 230 that we look after, but on top of that, there's a small props department that look after and some other things that I would personally describe as puppets, which seems kind of strange to me. And I know that's different across all the Lion Kings over the world. So for example, here in the puppet department, we look after the elephant, but I know on other productions, that's a responsibility for stage management. So I think that there is some blurred lines really between what's a puppet and what's a prop. And certainly lots of the things that we look after, I would describe more as a mask. But a good example maybe of how it all crosses over is the bird lady hats. And these are a kind of white fabric hat that um, the ladies who kind of represent birds in the circle of life wear. And the hat part is looked after by wardrobe. There's a sort of hair extension added to it that's supposed to look like a long ponytail and that's look af looked after by wigs. And then there's a bird that sits on top and we look after that. So it's a very strange kind of one that we've all got to work together on. So up next we're doing 
my favorite part of the podcast. It is the quick fire questions round. I'm going to throw some questions at you and you just drop your whatever, the first thing that comes into your head. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, your favorite musical? Probably The Lion King. Oh, nice. The dream show you'd like to work on? I wouldn't necessarily like to work on a different show, but I think it, maybe at some point it'd be quite nice to work in a theater where the show is always changing, just to have a bit more variety and some new challenges. What would it be like to work in a theater that had like varied shows? Have you done that before? Or do you know anyone who has done something like that? No, I mean, I've actually never worked in any other theater job, and it, I kind of ended up falling into this as not something I necessarily thought I would do. But I can imagine working in a theater where the different show would just be... I suppose you'd be more involved in the beginning part of the production, like deciding how maybe the puppets or props would look from the beginning, whereas we're kind of working to someone else's design and blueprint. There's good and bad elements to both. I like being somewhere that the puppets are all the same, and I feel like the longer I'm here, the more I get to become an expert on every puppet in the show. Whereas if you were starting a new show, you'd be I could imagine you'd have less time to spend on each individual thing. It'd be more just about getting everything out and... You know, I shouldn't imagine the attention to detail on any other show is as high as this. So if you work in this field, how many, like, how are the different ways you could work? Is it, like, always going to be a permanent job at the theater? Or is it, like, you have someone who's kind of helping you find jobs? Or can you work just completely freelance and work for yourself? How does that kind of work? As I said, this is the only job I've ever had in theater. Before this, I was working freelance, so I would tend to have a few different prop companies I'd work for and then I'd usually get in contact with them or they'd get in contact with me if they got a big job and I'd be contracted to maybe just do a month's work or something like that whereas most of the jobs in this building are full-time permanent jobs because there's just constant work to do so five of us in the team have full-time jobs but we do often get freelancers in to maybe do one project so say for example at the moment we have one of the ostriches being remade because it's you know got quite tired. Someone is working on that, sometimes coming in, sometimes working from home, and they'll be contracted just to do that one project. So that's also another option of working if that's more suitable to people. Normally I ask what's your favorite character in a show, but I feel like I'm gonna ask you what's your favorite puppet. I would say one of my favorite puppets is Zazu, just because I think he looks amazing and it's really fun to work on, and it's, it's, you know, it's quite a traditional puppet. The other things I like in the show are some of the more um, kind of less charactery puppets. So lots of the animals in Circle of Life I think are really, really beautiful. So the giraffes and the zebras and even like the elephant and rhino and stuff. I just think the way that the, the actors and dancers are kind of in, within the puppet just works really well. So the next question I was going to ask you is your best memory working within this field. Probably my best memory is the first time I ever did the show. One of the plots we have to do, we're backstage in one of the bars for when Circle of Life starts, and I've never been a massive fan of musicals, but when all the singers started singing off stage before they went down the aisles, that was like, I was very surprised, but I felt quite emotional the first time I heard it, and I just think I remember being really proud to be part of the show. So thanks so much for joining us today. It's been so eye-opening and exciting to learn about puppetry and masks, and it's been really amazing. So thanks again. No worries, thanks for having me.